This is Carte Blanche, the podcast. One story every day that matters. Delve into the issues that impact you, whether you're in need of a better understanding of the world around you or simply seeking inspiration or unique perspectives. You'll find it all here. Brutal assaults, theft, knife attacks, intimidation. Just another day in a bustling metropolitan city. But this is Guruman, a tiny town in the Kalahari. Residents say they're under siege as criminals rule the streets. And let's not forget the raw sewage turning schools into smelly swamps. Derek Watts visited the oasis of the Kalahari to find out what authorities are doing to save this beloved stopover town. The M14, a 1,200-kilometer stretch of road that runs all the way from Gauteng to Springbok in the Northern Cape. Perfect for a road trip. A road trip or roadie is never complete without a stop at a pod style. Now, no pepper steak pies, but the search will continue. We're on our way to Kuruman, a small town with a big, an increasingly dubious reputation. We want to see firsthand what has become of the town that was once a firm favorite with tourists to these parts. Once it was the beautiful town, uh, you could walk by day, by night, everywhere we want to go. Now you can't even go out of your house. Bram van der Westhuizen has lived here for over three decades and will be our guide for the next couple of days. Look away, man. On top of running his own businesses, he's also taken on the role of ward councillor, which appears to be a full-time job. Sometimes you receive between 800 and 2,000 messages per day. So what do you see as the main problems here? We do not have enough electricity. The water is a problem and the sewer is the, is the bigger problem. Water leaks, defunct sewage pump stations and mountains of litter tell the story of a small town that has grown exponentially while the ailing infrastructure has been unable to keep up with the demand. Our first stop is the town treasure, a natural spring known as the largest in the southern hemisphere. We're joined by former resident Vili Okam. So this is the Oog, or Die Oog. Die Kuruman Oog, uh, eh? a place that used to be known as the oasis of the Kalahari. Here some 20 million liters of crystal clear water bubbles to the surface every single day. The eye of Kuruman was discovered in 1801 a truly magnificent natural spring, providing a haven for bird life and even some endangered fish. Now, a cesspool of filth. And everywhere, reminders of the town's other major challenge, one we'll later have a brush with ourselves. For now, we continue our visit to the eye in the company of two security guards. You reach it with your hand, you'll be able to drink it. It's clean, fresh underground water that, that comes out of the so earth. So we could take a swim there. You can take a swim there, but not 100 meters from here. 
Having lived in Kuruman for many years, Veli now represents the Kalahari constituency in parliament. The problem is that right across the road, about 100 meters from here, where it flows into the Kuruman River, it, the water that you see here that's clear and crystal immediately gets contaminated. From here, the water is supposed to be channeled through town, some 40 kilometers north to neighboring communities. This is the water flowing out from underneath the road. If you go downstream from here further on, the more the contamination uh, gets and the less usable this water becomes. In the building, someone installed a toilet with no linkage to the town's sewage system. And the raw waste simply washes into the channel. And on a daily basis, failing pump stations throughout town add to the sewage load in the water. Children play in this water. They get sick. It's, it's totally unacceptable. And the solution is not difficult. Clean up the riverbed and maintain it once it's been done. All the way through town and beyond, the channels are blocked with litter, sludge and reeds. So most of the water simply dams up, creating large and smelly sewage swamps throughout the suburbs. The local primary school's been flooded since March this year. And this is your soccer pitch? Yes, and all the way there at the back is more than knee height. Nadia Maybach is a teacher here at the Kuruman Tuition Center. They've spent thousands of rands trying to keep the contaminated water out. We tried everything, we built walls, we even drove in uh, gravel. Didn't work, it only lasted a while and then the water came back. It's time for lunch and we stop at a local coffee shop. While we escape the ever-present sewage smell for a few minutes, we're reminded that dirty water is not the only problem in Kuruman. There have been three break-ins here in recent weeks and security is being beefed up. Everyone you talk to has a story to tell. I put the bikes on the back of the bucky and strapped them down. And I drove into town like that. Marlies Vivier runs a lodge just outside of town and should have known better when she decided to drive down the main street of Kuruman with two expensive bicycles on the back of her bucky. Then three people jumped on the back of the bucky and tugged at the bikes. Then I thought, now I'm in trouble. I hit the brakes. The guys fell forward on the bucky. And the next moment I decided I must drive away. Then I stepped on the petrol and they fell off. But sure, did I get a fright. It was terrible. But underneath the smiles and light-hearted anecdotes lies a deeply traumatized community. It's a daunting task to, to go and do shopping and actually survive it. So it's like Survivor Kuruman. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Eh? Yeah. We stop off at another one of the town's tourist attractions. After all, we've come all this way. Might as well do a little sightseeing. Apart from present-day problems, Kuruman has a rich history. The Moffat Mission is about five minutes out of town. And just one of Robert Moffat's many achievements was translating the Bible into Setswana. No mean feat in the early 1800s. 
The mission still houses the original printing press that Moffat used. Today, Kuruman is a very different place. The town is run by the Khasekhonyana local municipality, and we head to their offices to meet with municipal manager Martin Satsimpi. First of all, congratulations. You are one of the first municipal managers prepared to speak to carte blanche. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Satsimpi is quick to admit that there are serious problems with the town's service delivery. If you look at how it has been designed and the growth and the development, we're a bit lagging behind in terms of augmenting the bulk infrastructure on sewer. Like pump stations. Pump stations as well. Pipes are very small. Most of them have been installed two decades ago. But apparently the problems are being addressed. They're building a water reservoir the eye will be refurbished and plans to clean up the town are well underway. We already started the, the operation of eliminating or taking out all the car washes along the eye. We started a week ago. There's still resistance. We have brought in saps. But yes, the bigger... We thought it was because Carp Blanche was coming to town. No, 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 no. Exactly. If you look at it, we've been engaging. We actually started two months ago also evicting unlawful people, putting structures around town. But this was us just one day earlier, and not a single sign that these types of activities are being discouraged. Illegal car washes, however, are the least of Kuruman's problems. I used to work in Jopek. In Jopek, the, the crime like this is not like this. Sukile Vumazonke has worked here as a private security guard for about four years. He's fed up with the lack of efficient law enforcement in town. Those sources are, are, are always outside. Even if you report them in the police station, there, after two days, they see that guy who was robbing someone. And the perpetrators will not hesitate to use violence. They come in gangs of 6 to 12. They attack you. Uh, they will uh, assault you with knives. And these incidents happen on a daily basis. In fact, there was a robbery right here in the parking lot, less than an hour after we left. Just yesterday, on that corner over there, a bunch of young boys robbed a girl of her phone. It's difficult finding people in town willing to speak out about the ongoing crime. I'm scared. Even now I'm scared. You can hear them intimidating me and swearing at me. In the blink of an eye, this situation turns precarious. Why do you talk to these whites? You should sleep with these whites. We're surrounded by a group of angry young men, most likely trying to distract us so they can make a quick getaway with our cameras. All this on the doorstep of the local police station. Even the municipal manager has had enough. You'd need the involvement and the presence of the South African police because... Are they not active enough? I will not speak on behalf of subs, but the crime stands talks for themselves. I mean, these attacks seem to be on a daily basis just for cell phones and wallets. 
You must be worried. We are worried as a municipality because we'll never have an investor coming to Kuruman when the investment is not secured. Tsatsimpi believes the tide is turning and great improvements are planned for Kuruman. And the Northern Cape Provincial Police say they've put measures in place to address the crime. But I guess only time will tell if this will make a real difference in the lives of the people of Kuruman. While criminals run rampant in Kuruman, the residents make one thing clear. They are not willing to give up on their town. We'll be checking in in future and we hope to bring a happier, more inspiring story. Thanks for listening to Card Blanche, the podcast. There's another episode coming your way tomorrow. Follow and subscribe to ensure you don't miss it. <laughs>